Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and you might remember a couple of weeks ago now that Monica Teske, my sister-in-law, had joined us for a podcast, and we had done a special podcast for a Saturday edition, and then that got deleted by me somehow. I'm not even remembering when I did it, uh, but what I do know is that Monica is back now and is able to be a part of the podcast today. So I'm going to get Monica to reintroduce herself for those of you that don't know about her, and then we will get started with the episode. Monica? Hey, guys. Um, Monica here. Um, also, the one little plug that I want to put in, um, we were actually just watching the Elite Eight, and uh, <laughs> my alma mater, the Florida Atlantic Owls, just made it to the Final Four. Um, I got my master's degree from Florida Atlantic, and I'm super, super proud uh, today. That's so exciting. Um, I uh, big into sports, have been my entire life. Um, basketball, football, baseball, softball, pretty much all of it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get in and talk about football. We're watching right now as UConn is absolutely obliterating Gonzaga. This is not how I expected this game to go at It's a 23-point game, like, and there's 11 minutes to go. <laughs> um, if, I don't know, UConn right now seems to be the favorite. UConn, definitely. I actually just texted one of my friends a couple of minutes ago, and I said, UConn's going to win it all, aren't they? Which I kind of, I kind of had a feeling about them, but I thought Gonzaga was going to put up a bigger fight. And so this is very shocking to me right now that Gonzaga's not even not even fighting. And it's I mean, we've watched some like threes from the logos basically and I mean, UConn's had some flashy dunks. Right now they have a graphic the Oh, wow, that Gonz- is yeah. Gonzaga has not had a field goal in five and a half minutes. That is unbelievable. And this is a team that, that has is. been <laughs> so efficient on the offensive end all year. Um, it's it's just wild to see this. Well, let's talk about the sport that actually matters. That is NFL oh. football. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's go. Just so the people that are listening know, a lot of people have complained. And I say a lot of people. Some people have said, where's baseball? Where's basketball? Where's, you know, lacrosse? Uh, no one said lacrosse. If you like lacrosse, stop listening to the show. Uh, it's no, not I'm, worth your time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Lacrosse but is not worth your time. Some have asked, you know, kind of the deal, like, why aren't we having any other sports? It's draft season, guys. Like, it's NFL free agency. It's draft season. There are so many storylines to cover. I don't have time to cover more than one sport. And I really don't know more than one sport as well as I know football. And I'll throw it to you in just a minute, Monica, to kind of give them a little bit of a background into that so that it's not just me talking about what I think my credentials are. Mm -hmm. But the plan is after the NFL draft ends, I plan on doing maybe one to two weeks of coverage on the draft max. Then I'm going to go on vacation and take about a two-month break from the GOAT podcast. But that doesn't mean that the GOAT podcast won't be airing. I plan on trying to get some other hosts from the Scatter the Broad Network to guest host and talk about the sports that we have been neglecting. Uh, That way we can kind of get a sense of what shows are popular, what episodes about which sports are popular. But 
I mentioned on the episode that got deleted, I believe, Monica and I were co-owners of our Dynasty Fantasy football team in my league that I've done with Jameson for yes. 10 years. Yeah. Um, Monica, do them a favor, I guess, and kind of give them a peek behind the curtain of that and talking about maybe some of like the biggest fights we ever had, um, maybe some of the biggest misses I made or hits, you know, kind of deal. And then we'll get started with an overview of the AFC and NFC North. Um, Michael is very intense about his fantasy football. Incredibly. And I remember when he was talking to me about wanting to co-own his team, he wanted someone who had a better eye towards more college teams. So he asked me to uh, help him. And that led to some of our probably biggest arguments. I remember a big one was Justin Herbert versus Tua. Oh, man. That one was very intense. Yeah. Um, we were yelling at each other. Yeah, we were. On that one, which was fun. It, w- it was very intense. And actually, I don't think either of us have completely let that one go because no. before Tua's concussions and all, I texted Michael about Tua, and I did say I told you so. <laughs> and then this year, I think I went and traded for Justin Herbert because the background of that, too, is I took Tua instead of Herbert. Yes, yes. And I made some trades where I made the contingency. I will not draft Justin Herbert. I'm going to take Tua. Right. Because of, of that argument. Like, I yielded. I was just like, okay, I trust you. You're a Bama fan. You you know this. And so this year when Tua started having all these health problems again, I went out and got Herbert. And I've also, you know, politely thrown it in her face that I was right. <laughs> so we're both we're, we're both we're telling both the right. other. Yeah. What is just so that the people know, what kind of strengths would you say I will bring to the table if somebody wants to learn more about dynasty football? What can I help them with? Michael is absurd, absurdly good at trading. I don't know how he does it and he also picks guys out of nowhere uh Patrick Mahomes he just kind of picked up I remember that one and he's really good at just picking guys out of out of nowhere that end up doing some pretty amazing things yeah James Robinson was the other one I remember I was sitting at Caleb Rutherford's breakfast bench in Pulaski and Leonard Fournette got released and I immediately went and took James Robinson in every league that was there. Uh-huh. And in two leagues, I already owned him. Ooh. This past year, I did that with Isaiah Pacheco. I went and got Pacheco in every league that I could, and that ended up being a pretty good good move too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a volume game in that. Like, I could That's act, very true. That's I true. could act like I'm just a genius that figured out that these guys are great. But it's not really hard to figure out you want to have a quarterback, you want to be able to have a running back, and you want to have a wide receiver. I do know, though, trading is is probably the thing that I enjoy the most. Mike, well, if you're ever co-owner with Michael in fantasy football, he will text or call you every single day and say, hey, I got this trade idea. Yeah. Every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And so here's here's another peek. This is my hobby. I don't do woodworking. I don't go fishing. I don't play a sport because I've never been gifted that way. Uh, I can throw a football, but that's about it. (laughs) Uh, I eat, breathe, and sleep this hobby. It's my favorite thing to do. And so before I go to bed during the NFL season, I I literally, and this is how corny I am, 
I say, all right, let's go deep diving. And I go through the leagues and I scour free agency and I read every report of every player in the top 10, sometimes the top 20 of every position. And I look at it and it's a quick glance for most of them. If I see something and hadn't updated in five months, I close the player out and I move on to the next guy. Mm -hmm. But I do that before I go to bed and I set my waiver wire accordingly. And that really helps, of course, to kind of be ahead of the game a little bit. It's also something that I know no one else in our league is going to do. No. And so it's it's an unfair advantage that I do have. Daniel Webster, if you're listening to this, you're not going to do that. So don't even act like you are. I know you're <laughs> not. So we'll talk about Dynasty football in some of the other episodes. Monica's going to be here all week. Uh, Jameson won't join us this Friday. Monica will be the, the guest host this Friday and give Jameson a little bit of a week off. But today... We're overviewing two divisions from the AFC and the NFC, the AFC North and the NFC North. And we're going to start right with the North and the NFC, and that means the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears we've talked about on the podcast several times in our first couple of weeks of episodes, made a huge splash, go out and get the number one pick, uh, traded to Carolina. And I'm going to say this, and I know you're probably going to push back, Monica, that is the only good thing they've done in free agency. That's the only thing that actually genuinely made their team better wholesale. There is one other move that I could argue was good, but it's not going to be the one you think. So I'm going to go through real quick, and All I'm right. going to just kind of say who was signed, and then I'll let you kind of give some thoughts, and I'll push back if I want to. Okay. The Bears signed quarterback P.J. Walker. Obviously, he's the backup yeah. candidate to he's Justin Fields. A serviceable backup. Yeah, and, serviceable and when the, backup. what was it, the a- AFL or whatever it was called a few years back, yeah. he was like the MVP candidate for that. Yeah. He, he's had some moments in the NFL. Um, they beat the Falcons last year As when he was playing with, for the Panthers. He's probably above average for a backup. Yeah. So, I mean, not a, not a, bad, not a bad pickup but obviously a backup quarterback. The other move they did was they signed two running backs and then a fullback. They signed Deontay Foreman. He was also from the Panthers. It really looks like, just as we start off, the Bears looked at the Panthers, who also underperformed last year, and said, let's just go get all of their free agents. Uh, But anyways, they signed Travis Homer from the Seahawks, I believe it was. He signed a two-year deal. Uh, Deontay only signed a one-year deal. Right. And Walker, he signed a two-year deal pending a physical. That was approved. They signed uh, fullback Kari Blassingame, a uh, two-year extension. So he was on the team, and they were able to retain his services. They got DJ Moore, arguably, no matter what you say, their best acquisition so far this offseason. Yeah. Uh, the draft hasn't happened yet, but they needed a true number one, uh, and that was part of the package deal with the Panthers where they gave DJ Moore to the Bears. They signed a tight end in Robert Tunyon. They signed Nate Davis. Um, to a three-year deal, uh, $30 million, 19.25 guaranteed. Uh, Demarcus Walker signed a three-year deal, an edge player. Defensive tackle Andrew Billings agreed to a one-year deal for $3.5 million, and 2.4 of that is fully guaranteed. They signed three linebackers, Dylan Cole, Tremaine Edmonds, their biggest contract they gave out. Mm-hmm. Four-year, $72 million contract, $50 million guaranteed. Then they went out and signed T.J. Edwards, a three-year, $19.5 million contract with $12 million guaranteed. And they rounded it out with a one-year extension for their long snapper, Patrick Scales. Give me your thoughts and then get ready to be dunked on. 
because I am angry okay. about this. Um, kind of going through it. They're they have to replace David Montgomery. Yeah. These guys are not going to cut it. It's you cannot replace Montgomery's pro, pro production. It's just it does not look good for them at all. That's going to be a serious problem. DJ Moore, of course, that was that's incredible, just amazing. But I have a question: Which Notre Dame receiver gets kicked to the curb first, Chase Claypool or uh, Saint Brown? It's Chase Claypool, and it's Chase Claypool because the for all of the great you know praise we can give them for the trade they made with the Panthers. Was there a worse trade than what they did to the Steelers, where they gave the Steelers eventually a 32nd overall pick, which is technically a first-round pick because of what the Dolphins did. Right. And they gave it for a guy who had one good year, and that was his rookie year. And I'll say this about the Steelers before we even get to the Steelers later in this episode. They're really good at drafting receivers, but I wouldn't go as far as saying they're really good at drafting absolute Hall of Fame receivers that stay with Pittsburgh and do great because I could name, and, and we'll save it for when we get to the Steelers in mm-hmm. this episode, but I could name several players that were there, they were serviceable, they had great first seasons even, and then they were gone before their first contract was up, and Claypool falls into that bunch. Mm-hmm. It's got to be Claypool. I would think Claypool gets traded because there's there's a team out there that will look at that size and that frame a Minnesota and say we would love to have that on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson now that we've lost Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. And rather than draft a first-round wide, wide, wide receiver, mm-hmm. we'll go get a guy that can at least take some looks away from Jay Jettis. But, yeah, to me it's Claypool. I don't know what it is to you, but to me it's Claypool. I, I was just kind of looking at that, and I thought it was both of them have a chance to definitely get kicked to the curb. I was just kind of wondering which of them might be first. Um, Robert Tanyan. I don't know if he's going to be able to do anything outside of Aaron Rodgers. Um, what do you think it does to Cole Komet, uh fantasy owners? I don't have the contract deals in front of me with Tunyon, but anytime a team signs a tight end, it's scary. That has Tunyon's resume. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the only thing that I, I think could help is Cole Komet and Justin Fields were really clicking Yeah. on certain games last year before Fields got hurt. Does DJ Moore open that up even further? I would think so, but it, it's definitely going to give me pause because it's not like they signed a blocking tight end. Right. You know, they signed a guy that has a pedigree of being a receiving tight end mm. and did some really good stuff with the Packers, albeit because of Aaron Rodgers for sure. Right. But, I mean, you have to think. You don't go out and get Robert, Robert Tunyon and just say, well, enjoy the bench. <laughs> you know, so they, they think yeah. there's some reason they got to go get him. Nope. The Chiefs haven't signed a tight end like that, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And they've got uh-huh. Travis Kelsey. The Steelers haven't gone out and signed a guy like Robert Tunyon. They've got Pat Fryermuth, who's not near as accomplished as Kelsey. I'd put him more in the Cole Komet boat, you know, right. boat. The Patriots go out and they got a tight end traded to mm-hmm. the Falcons, who have Kyle Pitts. Like, it's it should scare you a little bit from a fantasy perspective mm-hmm. that Cole Komet has another well-known tight end in that room now. Mm. Also, I thought it the uh, the next thing that kind of jumped out to me, they're really working on improving their linebacking core. Um, Sanborn, Edwards, Edmonds. I mean, and then 
if Terrell Lewis can stay healthy, he could rotate in. That is a pretty decent linebacking rotation. However, I think Lewis is definitely going to be the first one out. Um, he's definitely the worst of that group. But that's a that's a pretty solid linebacking core. I I like those I like those pickups for them. All right, you ready? Let's go. The dumbest thing they did was sign the linebackers. Really? And here's why. You have Roquan Smith, who was a superstar stud, and you trade him away for a song. And you find this guy named Jack Sanborn that was undrafted. He was on your bench. He comes in, and he has monster production. Yeah. Instant impact. He has a couple of sacks. He has forced fumbles. He has tackles galore. He, he's doing everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. And you go out and you sign two starting linebackers. And you give a total of $62 million guaranteed. You couldn't have signed, I don't know, Roquan Smith for that money. Take the contract. Let's just say, if you were to give Roquan Smith, and I know it's a lot. I get it. Yeah. But if you were to give Roquan Smith that contract that both Edmonds and Edwards got, mm-hmm. and you say, Sanborn, you're our guy. We have second-round picks galore. We have first-round pick. We have all these things. We could get Drew Sanders. We could get anybody else. If we think San- Sanborn is not going to be it, we have options. Mm-hmm. You could have signed Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. You chose not to. But then you went out and gave the exact same amount of money that you would have had to give. Because, all right. You're the math person. 72 plus 19 and a half? 91 and a half. So 91 and a half million. Four-year deal. Let's say that's that's a four-year contract. So that's 91 like, million dollars. So that's like $23, uh, 23 million yeah. a year. So if you were to say seven-year deal, you're talking more manageable numbers. Yeah. Roquan Smith is still young. A seven-year deal wouldn't have been the craziest thing in the world to have given him. And you're only you're giving him sixty two million guaranteed, which is a lot of money mm-hmm. of that ninety one million. However, you got a guy who can do it, and I, the thing that angers me the most, you're going to tell me that Justin Fields, a running quarterback, did not deserve Orlando Brown. He didn't deserve any of the other like the Steelers. We'll talk about them in a few teams. They went out and improved their offensive line. Very cheaply, I would argue. I don't know what you're going to end up saying about that, but I would argue this is one of the rare times where they've gone bargain bin shopping, mm-hmm. and I think they actually got a really good deal. Mm-hmm. The the Bears couldn't do that. Not a single offensive lineman outside of Nate Davis signed, and I don't know that you just need one offensive guard no, to protect they, Justin they Fields. Need more. So you could have even said, hey, Tremaine Edmonds, we'll sign TJ Edwards, ride with Sanborn, we'll draft a guy if we have to. We don't want to sign Tremaine Edmonds because it's – I like Tremaine Edmonds. He's on my team mm-hmm. in, our, in, the, in the league we're in together. Yeah. I, I think that's the dumbest signing mm-hmm. that this team has made. Are you sure you're not just saying that because Roquan Smith is on the Ravens? No. I'm saying that because I have Jack Sanborn too because <laughs> he was one of those guys I picked up that nobody saw coming. Uh-huh. And now he's probably benched. They do run a 4-3, which could help. Yeah. But here's the thing. We've done some scenarios, and, and our Friday episode is going to be an all-draft, you know, mm-hmm. palooza. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson could be there at 9. 
That's not crazy. Theoretically. Yeah. Jalen Carter could be there at nine. I, I'm going to say this as we start, and I'll probably say it a lot through these next four episodes. Free agency should be after the draft. It makes no sense that the NFLPA has allowed free agency to be beforehand. And they can argue, and you can tell me, well, they won't get their money like they will if they're the only option. You're telling me that if the Bears went through the draft, they got no wide receiver outside of DJ Moore at the trade. They didn't get any linebacking core. Mm -hmm. And they go through the draft, and Drew Sanders is there in the second round. And they had a high first-round grade on him. They select him. You're telling me that they still turn around and give both of those contracts to those linebackers? We wonder why teams are always struggling with the cap. It's because free agency comes before the draft. They give these bloated contracts to players that they think they're going to lose, and then they find a guy. Because you're not going to tell me if Will Anderson is there at nine that they go, well, I guess we'll take this guy. They'll take Will Anderson, right? Yeah. I I think I'm looking at this. I really thought Demarcus Walker was a big mistake. Where did where was he before? I don't remember. He was he was with Denver. That's right. He was with Denver. I believe I think he went to Florida State for college. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it was Florida State and uh Denver drafted him. He didn't really pan out. Wasn't really much uh in Denver. I I looked at that one and I thought that one was a pretty big mistake. Yeah. Well, we got to move on. Uh, right. Love it or leave it. What's one free agent you love, one free agent you hate from the Bears? From the Bears? I like, let's see, I like P.J. Walker. I mean, probably the best. And the one that I like the least, Um, it's a toss-up. It's, it's the running backs. You can't replace David Montgomery with that. That is... Terrible. Well, and I don't. I honestly think they're saying they're not going to. I think Khalil Herbert is their guy. Herbert was averaging the same amount of yards per carry on less carries mm-hmm. that Montgomery was doing. I think that's one of the reasons why they were like, yeah, you can leave if you want to. And then they go out and they get a guy in Deontay Foreman who could very easily be a workhorse for a year or Khalil Herbert's the guy. Yeah. My love it and leave it. I love the DJ Moore acquisition. That made, made, oh, yeah. made a lot of sense. And oh, yeah. I think they got to steal with that. Absolutely hate what they did in the linebacking room. It makes no sense. Their defense uh, was not a huge issue last year. No. They needed other help, and there were offensive linemen to be had, and I think that's where they should have spent their money. The Detroit Lions. I'll tell you the names, and we'll have to we'll have to speed up a little bit. I'm sorry I got off track with the Bears, guys, but I hated what they did. Lions, there's a lot to like and a lot to just kind of go, yeah, okay, I can see it. Nate Sudfield, quarterback, he re-signed with them. They got David Montgomery from the Bears, the running back we were just talking about, a three-year, $18 million deal. Craig Reynolds re-signed with him. He was a running back. Graham Glasgow re-signed. He's a center and an offensive guard. Isaiah Bugs re-signed, a two-year deal worth up to $6 million. He's a D-lineman. The other D-lineman, John Kaminsky, re-signed a two-year, $8.5 million deal. And it has a max value of 9.5 with incentives. Alex Anzalone was able to re-sign a three-year, $18.75 million deal. Jalen Reeves-Maben signed with the Lions. He's a linebacker. Emmanuel Mosley signed with the Lions. Cornerback cornerback Cam Sutton from the Steelers signed, a, I think, their biggest contract that they gave out. Uh, three years, $33 million deal, $21.5 million guaranteed. 
They got the safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, a one-year $8 million deal, a safety C.J. Moore, and then defensive back Will Harris, kicker Michael Badgley, long snapper Jake McQuaid. Monica, your thoughts on what the Detroit Lions, the future NFC North champions, did during free agency so far? I did not have anything nice to say about them on the offensive side of the ball. Okay. I can see that. I think this is ridiculous on the offense, especially because they lost Jamal Williams, and then they're going to put in David Montgomery. Yeah, he's not Jamal Williams type of player. He's not Jamal Williams. That makes no sense. Yeah. Montgomery is shifty. Williams is very powerful, and they don't have a very powerful runner in their backfield now. What do they have? I mean, DeAndre Swift. And he's Montgomery. Yeah. Just I mean, not as healthy. he's Montgomery with knee issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think he will that have a was, swift career. I think that was a mistake. Uh, Graham Glasgow, he was at Denver, was not very good. He's getting older. I just, I don't like, I don't like on the offense. Um, defense, I, I think they did pretty good. Uh, they're, it just, Seems like they're trying to remake their defense a little bit. So hopefully that'll help them out. I I do like them to win the division, but honestly, there's not much competition. So they signed 15 players so far. And there's always, if you don't know this, listeners, there's always going to be a, a rush after the draft with some other free agency right. moves. And so we'll have to probably do an after-draft free agency recap too. But of the 15 players they signed, seven of them were re-signings. So they yeah, like the team they have. That. Yeah, they and have they, a lot of re-signings. They did go out and get Cam Sutton, who is a very good man-to-man corner. Uh, not known for getting a ton of interceptions in his career at Pittsburgh, but he did become a guy that I was sad to see him go. He did have a decent amount of pass breakups, yeah. though, didn't he? And so <clears throat> my issue with this is David Montgomery. I'll yeah. do my love it and leave it. My love it is Cam Sutton. I do think that's a good pick for them, uh, a good pickup. C.J. Gardner Johnson or Gardner Johnson will be a a second. You know yeah. he'd be one to be right. I loved those moves. I hated David Montgomery, and um, I also didn't think it made much sense for them to go after. Uh, oh man, what's uh, Jalen Reeves Maben? I didn't think they needed to sign that that linebacker as well. So I don't oh, like yeah, the David Montgomery one. move. It makes no sense. And um, the only thing about it that gives me hope is Daniel Webster and Jamison Stewart have David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift on their team. And that gives me a lot of joy that now when I play them, I don't have to worry about one of them being a workhorse back. Uh, anything else you want to say? You're love it and leave it? Uh, David Montgomery is my leave it and love it. I'm kind of with you. It's either Cam Cam Sutton or uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. All right. I'm going to save the Packers for last. They have only signed four people. (laughs) That's uh, crazy. And there's kind of a reason for that. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, We're moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings signed quarterback Nick Mullins to a two-year extension. Alexander Madison signed a two-year extension as well. Uh, They also re-signed C.J. Ham, fullback. Brandon Powell, wide receiver, tight end Josh Oliver, a three-year, $21 million deal. That wow. includes 10 and a half, or $10.75 million guaranteed. 
the max value is $24 million with incentives. They re-signed Garrett Bradbury to a three-year deal worth $15.75 million, re-signed Austin Schlotman, another center offensive guard. They re-signed uh, Udo, the offensive tackle. They got edge Marcus Davenport, a one-year $13 million contract. That's a lot of money. They got Dean Lowry, a defensive lineman, a two-year $8.5 million contract. Then they signed Jonathan Bullard uh, to an extension. They signed Troy Reeder to a free agent ex- uh, contract. Byron Murphy signed a two-year deal, cornerback, wow. from the Cardinals, a two-year $22 million mm-hmm. deal. And then you had the long snapper, Andrew DePaolo, agreed to terms, and Greg Joseph re-signed. Um, I'll say this because I know we have to kind of move on. I'll, I'll make my comments very brief. Leave it. Josh Oliver, three-year, $21 million deal. Didn't I, they trade for TJ Hawkinson? I was about to say, Josh Oliver has to be the leave it because that is an absurd amount of money for Josh Oliver when you have TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. That is definitely and my leave it. I would understand if it was Tunyon. I could have understood that because it's like, okay, they're going to do the two tight end sets that the Patriots used to run mm-hmm. and that the Colts even ran or the Broncos ran kind yeah. of deal. They're going to yeah. run two tight end sets. That's not what they did. They literally just went out and got a guy that, I mean, he's been okay, but he's yeah. more of a blocking guy, it looks like, not a receiving guy. No. My love it, Byron Murphy, cornerback. I was hoping the Steelers could get him to a contract, um, but that didn't happen. Uh, but Byron Murphy, I think, is a very underrated cornerback in the NFL. I agree. Since you said Byron Murphy, I'm going to go a little bit different, and I'm going to say Marcus Davenport. I figured that was going to be the yeah. uh, the way you would go. I, he, like, I like Marcus Davenport. They've they've had problems with their defensive line last couple of years with their health. So if Davenport can come in and give them a, an infusion of a spark, mm-hmm. that will be good. And and the one year deal, I do like that because I mean, if anything goes wrong, it's an easy out. Yeah. So I do like that for them. I one thing that when I was looking over their uh, their signings, they used to be known for their incredible defensive line. It just seems like they're trying to recapture that magic. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Well, and the funny thing, too, is they also did a bunch of re-signings. Um, but I would argue that this team is is kind of like they're the, they're the Bills of the NFC. They're very good in the regular season. And then they just choke at the worst time in the playoffs. Green Bay Packers signed four players, three of which were a re-signing. Uh, and it might even be that all four of them were. It doesn't say that the other guy was a re-signing, but I'm – I think he might have been with the Packers beforehand. Uh, they <laughs> they re-signed Edge Justin Justin Hollins to a one-year deal, re-signed safety Rudy Ford to a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million. They signed Matt Orks, I think. Sorry, Matt, if you're listening. I know you're <laughs> not, but sorry. Uh, he signed a three-year contract. Then they signed uh, what looks like Keyshawn Nixon, a one-year deal with a max value of $6 million. Wonder why they're not signing a bunch of people, Monica. Wonder wonder mm, what kind of contract problems they're running into and trades that they're trying to make. I just rolled my eyes. You know what wouldn't Big happen? Time. You know what wouldn't happen this way? What? If the NFL free agency happened after the draft. Because the Packers would be looking at it going, We've got to get rid of Aaron Rodgers to get the most draft capital. Yeah. Not to get the salary down. And the Jets are playing hardball. Yeah. So. When I read this, when I read through this list, I the very first thing that popped in my head is, 
what on earth do they think they're going to get for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, are they thinking they're going to get, you know, six first-rounders and all that? Like, it does not make sense to me. This team is going to be so, so bad. I mean, even if Jordan Love is the next great, wonderful quarterback, he's not going to have a chance to succeed. Yeah. And that's unfortunate for him. I do kind of hate that for him. I'll say this, and I think you'll probably agree with me. Leave the whole class of their free agency. I don't love any of it. No. Their their team wasn't good enough last year. I'll leave it all. Literally leave all of it. NFC North complete. Favorite signing NFC North? Do you have one? All Uh, four teams, your favorite signing? uh, I'll have to get back to that. i got to think on that. Tremaine Edmonds. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, That's definitely the one I hated the most probably. Uh, I did like DJ Moore. That, I think that move made a lot of sense. But if we we're just going pure free agency free, yeah, signing, free. I, I would almost think Byron Murphy would be very high up on that list. And Cam Sutton. I would say Cam Sutton is Cam Sutton is definitely up there on my list. I think if I'm going to have to pick, I think I'm going to go with Cam Sutton. So the uh, AFC North doesn't have as many free agents to really talk about for nope. a few of their teams. Nope. Uh, the Ravens funny enough, are also kind of not busy in free agency. and Ironic, isn't it? It's almost like they're trying to see if somebody will match Lamar Jackson's contract and if they want to pay it or not. You know what wouldn't happen? This wouldn't happen if NFL free agency happened after the draft. (laughs) I'm just going to keep saying (laughs) it. Because the two first-round picks wouldn't be a consideration. Right. They would be two first-round picks next year. Yeah, And I think many teams would be more inclined to play ball for Lamar Jackson if that was the case. Nobody, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Colts, the Falcons, nobody that has two first-round picks or a high first-round pick this year wants to sign Lamar Jackson and miss out. They know they're, not, they're probably not getting a quarterback, but right. they don't want to miss out on the Will Anderson or Jalen Carter fall that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. One of those guys will fall. It's probably Jalen Carter. Uh, that would be my guess. But one of those guys will be there, I think, at 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could be because you're going to see a couple of teams try to trade up to get in front of the Colts, and the Colts will then have to take the fourth-best quarterback. The Seahawks will probably take Will Anderson at five. That just makes too much sense. Unfortunately, yeah, And then after that, it's who knows. Uh-huh. So the Lamar Jackson debacle is really a stain on the Ravens' free agency moves, um, and I'm here for it. I love it. I was it about is... to say, uh, can, you, can you stop smiling over there? So today I was, or yesterday maybe, I was picking up Chick-fil-A for the school luncheon that we were doing after we got ready for the lectureship. Uh-huh. And I looked down at my phone, and it said, Baltimore Ravens signed wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, and I bust out laughing. <laughs> because everybody's always like, give Lamar help, give Lamar help. Well, Nelson Aguilar is on his way, buddy. He is he is going to solve so your troubles. So much help. So much help. Right. So, <clears throat> I don't really love any of their signings either. Um, they just did a bunch of re-signing of, of people other than Nelson Aguilar. I could tell you what I, I – I guess I would say I love this. And it's going to be both my love it and my leave it. I love that Lamar Jackson has a chance to leave the division. Uh-huh. that there's a team out there that could sign him away, and I also hate that because the Steelers have had good success against him, but I wouldn't hate it if they had to start over from scratch with a brand-new quarterback. Tyler Huntley? Is I mean, that is that the option at this point? 
I will say if Tyler Huntley is the quarterback, the the Ravens would very possibly be in contention to trade up for Caleb Williams next year, and we'd be right back to where we are right now. <laughs> Your love it, leave it from this class of the of the Ravens. Um, resigning Justice Hill is probably going to be love it because I got to pick one, and considering the injuries they've had, that's a really great idea. Leave it, everything else, everything else. The former reigning AFC champions, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, were somewhat active. Uh, they lost two of their best players, and yes. then they went out and they signed some offensive linemen that I think could really help them. But here's who they signed. Uh, they signed Orlando Brown to a four-year, $64 million contract, $31 million signing bonus. He's an offensive tackle. Uh, they signed offensive guard Cody Ford to a one-year deal. Uh, Max, Max Sharping re-signed to a one-year deal. Jermaine Pratt re-signed to a three-year, $21 million deal. I love that move. That's my love it. Um, and then Nick Scott signed a three-year contract. Um, I'll, I'll just, I don't hate any of this for the Bengals. I hate the Orlando Brown signing. Not because the Steelers didn't get him. I have, I have a legit reason for that. I, I don't hate any of it for them. Orlando Brown should definitely be an upgrade for them over Jonah Williams. Yeah, but now they're losing Jonah Williams. You remember okay. you remember when um the, I can't remember who it was now, but there was a situation just like this where a team went out and got a guy. Mm. They didn't clear it, didn't talk to the guy first, and then the guy was like, I want out. I'm just done. Uh-huh. And I always think it's kind of the worst idea. Though Orlando Brown makes the offensive line better, it's very apparent Jonah Williams does not want to play right tackle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. You're probably going to have easier matchups at right tackle than you do at left because the left tackle is a blind spot for Burrow, mm-hmm. whereas the right tackle, he Burrow will be able to help you mm-hmm. because he'll see the pressure coming too and be able to get away from it. I thought the Orlando Brown signing was a luxury signing they really didn't have to do. Um, That's a lot. They did put a lot of money into that. I, I will say I don't really remember Jonah Williams pl- playing on the right side much, if at all, at Alabama. Uh, he was mostly a left tackle, if I remember correctly. But that's been a minute since he was there. So, You're love it and leave it? I might have uh, missed it, but. Jermaine, Jermaine Pratt is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, Cody Ford, I think that was a pretty uh, under-the-radar pick that I really like for them. I'll agree with you there. They're really telling you it's still their offensive line they think is their problem. Yes. And I disagree. I think it's a part of their problem, but I think their defense is actually about to be a really big problem. Um, That's just something to think about. Nick Scott, I don't love that signing. I don't think it's going to be the impact that Jesse Bates had. No. And I have no idea if if Dax Hill – will be able to play to the level of on Bell. And I said this Ooh. on the podcast with Jamison last week. I thought the Bengals will have a losing season. That's my hot take. And I said that because you have to play against Mahomes and Herbert and Allen. You have to play against Kenny Pickett and Deshaun Watson, who are going to throw 40-something times probably against you. Mm. And you let your two best safeties walk, and you have no idea if Dax Hill has it yet, and you're picking in the top 20s, in the, in the low 20s, and you're going to just say you've got it figured out. I struggle with that one. Yeah, I 
I don't know if Dax Hill's got it. That that's going to be a problem for them, but I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Browns, they signed quarterback Josh Dobbs to a one-year deal. They traded for Elijah Moore. Many people thought they were in on the Jerry Judy uh, rumor mill, but they end up going after Elijah Moore. They gave up a 2023 second-round pick, number 42 overall, and they also received in this deal, in addition to Elijah Moore, a 2023 third-round pick, number 74 overall. So you get Elijah Moore in 74 overall for the 42nd overall pick. That's not a bad – I think Elijah Moore is about to have a really good season. He's he's going up in quarterback. He's he's going to yeah. have a good quarterback yeah. now. And Deshaun Watson, for all that we can say about him, he's got to at least be thankful that the Cleveland Browns are signing these guys for him and trading for them. Uh, they go out and get tight end Jordan Aikens. Uh, Ethan Pochick re-signed a three-year deal. Edge – uh, Okwankro, sorry if you're listening, Ogbo, uh, three-year deal, $19 million with a max, uh, max value of $22 million. Tristan Hill, a defensive line, Maurice Hurst, a defensive lineman, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson was their big signing. Four-year, $57 million signing. contract. That is a massive signing. They signed Matthew Adams, re-signed Sione Takitaki. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Walker re-signed a one-year deal. Mike Ford signed with the Browns. And then Juan Thornhill comes over from the Chiefs with a $21 million contract that includes $14 million guaranteed. My love it, Elijah Moore. My leave it, Jordan Akins. What, what are you doing? You got David and Joku. You got Harrison Bryant. You got all of these people. And you're going to act like you need to go out and get an aging tight end? I don't know. I don't know. My hate it, my leave it, definitely Jordan Akins. What I love is the Tristan Hill, Maurice Hurst, Dalvin Tomlinson trio. I think that they are really trying to become stronger in the trenches. They want Miles Garrett to not be triple teamed. Yes. And that was a dynamic, dynamic pickups. I know they spent a lot of money on that trio. But I think that's going to make a massive difference, especially in the their division. So we come to the eventual Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers. Eventual, like in 20 years? Uh, like in 20 months. I don't even know if the math would check out on I that. I have no but idea. it probably won't. Um, I, I will say, if you're, if you're a Steelers fan and you're listening to this, and you're, you're a true Steelers fan, what I mean by that is you're not used to seeing this. Um, I, re- I remember, and I think you remember, we've had conversations where we won't sign anybody. Right. Like, I remember one of the biggest signings we've made in the last 10 years. I was at your parents' house. We were about to sit down to have spaghetti, I think. Mm-hmm. And I looked down at my phone, and we had signed Mike Mitchell to a five-year, $25 million contract, and I was shocked. <laughs> and he ended up being okay. He played, yeah. b- played pretty well for the Steelers. Yeah. They go out and they made a bunch of moves, and you can kind of sense a, a trend here. Uh, they go out and they re-sign Zach Gentry. Uh, they sign offensive tackle Raven Clark. Um, hate his name, but glad he's here. You know, I like his last name, but Raven, he better play well against Baltimore. Uh, they sign Nate Herbig, an offensive guard, a two-year deal, $8 million, $4 million guaranteed. Isaac Sumalo. A uh, three-year, $24 million contract. He was an offensive guard on the Philadelphia Eagles in yep. their Super Bowl run last year. We re-signed Larry Ogunjobi, 
to a three-year, $28.75 million contract with $17 million guaranteed. That was the big daddy. Uh, that was the big move that we made. Signed a pair of new starting linebackers for uh, Cole Holcomb. Signed a three-year, $18 million deal, and a Landon Roberts, a two-year deal. We signed quarterback Patrick Peterson uh, to a two-year, $14 million deal that includes five point eight five guaranteed. And we re-signed James Pierre, a cornerback. Um, I have two strong opinions, and I'm owed that as a Steelers fan. Okay. First is I don't really hate any of their offensive line signings. I think it's a low risk, very high reward. We didn't shell out the big money for Orlando Brown. We didn't shell out big money for Nate Davis. We didn't even go after some guys like Cody Ford and others that could be great, but you're not really sure. We went after some proven guys. Some guys that we felt like we could absolutely benefit from in the in the immediate short term. Mm-hmm. And I think we also did this because we were lacking some depth in the offensive line. And we have that now. I do think Herbig and Sumalo will, will kind of duke it out for the starting job. I would think Isaac has the edge there because of the contract that he signed, a three-year, $24 million deal. Mm-hmm. But I love the entire offensive line signings. I'm okay with Patrick Peterson. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'll give it a shot because I do think he'll play on Minka's side, and I think that will boost him quite a bit. Anybody playing on Minka's side yeah. will boost them. I could get three picks, I think, a season if I played on Minka's side. Yes. And Minka would get a ton of picks because they would always be throwing my way. <laughs> um, so I, I don't hate the Patrick Peterson pick. I love the James Pierre re-signing. He, he looks like he's a pretty good guy. Here's my issue. There, there are three signings here that I'm not a huge fan of. I hate the Zach Gentry resigning. Um, I like him as a blocking tight end, but if we continue to throw bubble screens to a six foot eight, two hundred and seventy pound tight end, I will stop being a fan tomorrow. That's like, dramatic. I hate that. The other two signings I hate. I hate the linebacking signings. I hate the linebackers we signed, and here's why. Three straight years now we've done this. Three years ago we trade for. Um, I can't even remember his name now. Uh, Joe Schobert. Oh, yeah, Give yeah, a six-round yeah. pick to the Jaguars, get uh-huh. Joe Schobert. Last year, we say, eh, Joe Schobert didn't work out. Sorry, <laughs> we'll go no. get Miles Jack. And Miles Jack started off very well, but he couldn't cover anymore. He had had some injuries, and he wasn't as fast. We had Devin Bush, phenomenal rookie season. Tore his ACL in the middle of our undefeated run in 2020 mm-hmm. and was never the same. Why are we going after Cole Holcomb, who has a pretty big injury that he's coming back from, uh-huh. and why are we signing a Landon Roberts? It, if you're going to go after somebody, and I know it's not the Steeler way, but I'm just saying it, and no, this is not the biggest reason why I hated the Tremaine Edmonds. Years ago, the Steelers went after a guy named James Ferrier. He changed the tone of that linebacking room. Uh-huh. That's what I thought Edmonds could do for the Steelers. And I also felt like Edmonds might have taken a discount to play with us. Uh-huh. That didn't happen, and instead we go dumpster diving again for a linebacking core. And now we're at a point where if Sanders is there at 32, you have to take him. You can't trust Landon Roberts, who's 29, and Cole Holcomb at the end of this deal, it's three years, he'll be in his 30s. We can't keep doing that. I think... I would be shocked if Drew Sanders is still around at 32. It's going to happen. You're very confident. Hot take. 
He's trapped. No, <laughs> I think he's really good. He probably won't be there. We'll 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 talk about it when we get to the draft. Uh, I my love it was Isaac Samalo, and my leave it was Patrick Peterson. I I will agree with you. It, I just I couldn't get around that one, and I when I looked at it, when I saw that one come come up on my phone, I just stared at my phone. I was like. What is going on? And it was early. It was day one of free agency tampering that we we agreed to a term with him. And I was like, if this were 2015, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. This would be amazing. I you you you're not going to convince me we could not have signed Byron Murphy to that 2-year $22 million contract. You're not going to convince me that we could not have re-signed Cam Sutton and even if we just said we're going to get a Landon Roberts, mm-hmm. okay. Patrick Peterson is older than I am. And if all right, let, let's give them this little recap before we go to the debate. On my fantasy football team, where would Patrick Peterson be? He would be gone. He would not be on it. That's right. He would not. Be I have there. a thirty-year rule, yeah. and it's not because I think thirty-year-old players aren't any good. It's outside of quarterback, they're very volatile. And 30, not necessarily, sometimes you put it younger, like 27, 28 sometimes. sometimes. And you have to, like, there are exceptions. DeAndre Hopkins is still on my team. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll stay depending on where he ends up. We'll talk about that later. But I, I think I know what the Steelers are trying to do. And I do appreciate that the Steelers are being very active in free agency, which is not like them. Some people have said, and I thought it was an, a funny pun, they're building a picket fence. They're, uh-huh. they're trying to build something that will protect Kenny Pickett. And I, I know this sounds crazy. I know it sounds like a homer. But I think you can give me some credit here. I scout quarterbacks pretty well. Yes. I do think Kenny Pickett is going to be the next great Steelers quarterback. I don't think that's a leap. I don't think that's a stretch. I loved Kenny Pickett coming out of college. And I think I was talking to you um, during that Heisman ceremony. I said if I was a Heisman voter, I would have voted for Kenny Pickett. And I think – this is one of those situations where the Steelers have to really ask themselves, I, I know it's not the Steeler way, I know it's not what they do. You have a minimal amount of time before Pickett needs to be paid. Yeah. Before you got to paint that fence. Yeah. What are you going to do three years from now when it's time for his fifth-year option to be picked up and it's like 20 something million dollars? And most teams have opted, instead of picking up the fifth-year option – outside of Tua, uh-huh. most teams just sign them to an extension. Yeah. They feel like that's cheaper, which I think is kind of ironic that they think that's cheaper, but evidently that's, that's something that they work on. I do think Kenny Pickett will be – I think he makes a big jump in year two. I think mm-hmm. our offense is all there. I think everything is good. I also think this is just as much about Najee Harris. If Najee does not have a good season, I think the Steelers are going to move on. Yeah, I can definitely see this being about Najee Harris. All right, the debate, very quickly, because this was 51 minutes. The next several episodes won't be this long, okay? I'm an AFC North guy, and I hated what the Bears did. Sue me. Here's a debate. Broncos reportedly came out today and said, our asking price for Jerry Judy, who I said to you several weeks ago I thought should be traded, Mm -hmm. and I also believe they should trade Patrick Sertan. That's a debate for another episode. Don't don't jump on that one. I disagree. Don't jump on that one. They said their price for Jerry Judy is a first-round pick. And at first I read it, I thought it said and second-round pick. But then I reread it and it said or second-round pick. 
I'm going to give my take first, and I'll let you do it, and then we'll close out the program for today. All right. And, in fact, in order to make sure that I'm right on this, let me just pull up his stats while I tell you what I hate about this. All right. Go for it. Jerry Judy has had a three-year career. Mm-hmm. Three years. How many times has he topped 1,000 yards? Uh, he's been injured. Right. I don't think he's done it at all. Closest he came was this past year. He was 28 yards away. Wow. Closest. Year before that, he got hurt, of course, had a, had a bad year. Mm-hmm. No touchdowns, 467 yards. It was bad. Rookie season, 856 yards, 52 catches, three touchdowns. He did have more touchdowns this year with Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and the other quarterbacks to play. I'll give him that. These stats are not worthy of a second-round pick or a first-round pick. And you know how I know? Let's do this. So we talked about him earlier on the podcast. Chase Claypool. He's 24 years old. And in Chase Claypool's career, we said that trade was bad, right? Yeah. Okay. Would it have been bad if it had been for the Bears' second-round pick that they'd gotten from the Ravens, which was like 59 overall at the time? I would still say uh, yes. Yeah. Would it have been bad if it was like the 62nd overall pick, basically the 31st pick of the second round? It would still be a problem. Chase Claypool's career stats, okay? <laughs> He's been in the league. This is year four. Chase Claypool has 2,184 yards and 12 touchdowns on 167 receptions. Now, if I go back to Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy has 157 receptions, Uh literally 10 receptions less, more yards, 2,200 yards, and three less touchdowns. I don't know. And because of the injury concern, I would give a third if I were an NFL GM, and I would say, I know what you want. The numbers aren't there. Uh DJ Moore fetched the number one pick in part for his compensation there. Uh DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to fetch a high second to low second round pick. Mm -hmm. Where would Jerry Judy, other than name recognition alone, in what realm is he worth a first or second round pick? I kind of figured you were going to go there with stats. So I I looked up the, the quarterbacks that have been throwing to Jerry Judy. So, here's the list. Drew Locke. Stud. No. <laughs> okay. Don't lie. Don't tell lies. I mean, did lies. you see that rap video he did on the field that day? Stud. Don't tell lies. Drew Locke, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, Kendall Hinton, Two Gloves Teddy, and then Russell Wilson. Yep. Could – do you think any – receiver could put up great numbers with those guys as the quarterback. DJ Moore did. DeAndre Hopkins it did. It is this is absurd. So here's here's the only thing. I understand where you're coming and I agree those are not all good quarterbacks. There's like no. two that I think are serviceable. One of them used to be very elite. Yeah. But if you're a dog and that wide receiver, if you are that guy, mm-hmm. Jay Jettis, if you are that guy, Stephon Diggs, if you are that guy, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, 
Antonio Brown. It doesn't matter who's throwing you the ball. Now, it can. You can have a connection that's better with a yeah. better quarterback. Yeah. But DeAndre Hopkins, I bet if we pulled up his quarterbacks, we would not even remember some of the names. I bet if we pulled up quarterbacks from DJ Moore's career, we wouldn't remember some of the names. Here's my problem. Those guys were the number one option on their team, and they performed despite. Terry McLaurin comes to mind, too, from the Commanders. Those guys are the number one option on their team. They always, always performed. Jerry Judy was the number two option on his team with Cortland Sutton. There was a year where Cortland was hurt. Right. And I think that was also the same year that Jerry ended up getting hurt, too. Yes, yes. But how many games did he play the year he got hurt? Do you remember? I don't remember. Um, with 38 receptions, he averaged about 12.3 yards a carry that year. I, I'm just saying, I as a, G, as a GM, mm-hmm. this isn't draft day. You know, this isn't our, our favorite movie, at least my favorite movie to uh-huh. watch before the draft. This isn't draft day where Kevin Costner is going to say, you know, oh, are you eating your pancakes? Well, I'll give you a first overall pick or a first round pick for Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. It, it's not going to happen. And you know what's going to end up happening? The Broncos are desperate because of the trade they made for Sean Payton. They're desperate because of the trades they made for some other guys. They've got to do something to make that work. You want a first or second round pick? I'll say this, and I'll let you give a closing thought. All right. You trade Sertan because you'll get multiple. Multiple. You tell me that the Steelers would not give two first-round picks over the next two years for Pat Sertan. I do not want Pat Sertan gone. I know you don't want him gone. I wouldn't want Minka gone. But if we were yeah. in a complete rebuild, yeah, you trade Minka. I, I, you trade TJ. I think where we're coming about this differently is I don't think the Broncos are in a complete rebuild this year. In their mind, they're not, but they've got to be. You yeah. have no P- – you, you sign some offensive linemen. We'll get to them. Yeah. But you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Your, your running game is going to suffer now because Peyton's going to bring in that running back by committee that he loves to do so much. You have a great tight end in Dolchich or Dolcic, whatever his name is. I have no idea how to Greg pronounce something. it. Greg something. He's number 80. He's really good. Beyond that, I think they're trying to make Russell Wilson look worse, but they're also trying to have their cake and eat it too and get a first-round pick for Judy, and I don't think they can do it. But if someone – if they set the price there and someone's willing to pay it, you do it. The only you teams do it. that I could see willing to pay it, and you, you might hate this, but Broncos want to get a first-round pick this year. What if the Kansas City Chiefs said, we lost Juju, we would like to have another speed guy, because that's what Judy can do very well. He's very fast. He is one of the best route runners in the NFL. We'll give you the 31st overall pick for Jerry Judy. Would you take it? Oh, I'd be sick in my stomach. <laughs> but wouldn't you take it if you're the if you're the Denver Broncos? Yeah, and that's where I, that's where I think the wide receiver run that will or will not happen in the first round will dictate what Jerry Judy goes for. And if a team trades a first round pick for him, like they did last year for Marquise Brown in Arizona, yikes! Like yikes, guys. Sorry, but I'm really not. Next episode will be shorter. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Take care.